Performer Talks. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about Performing Arts Mag. Performing Arts Mag is a completely free online magazine specifically designed to help performers and performing arts-based businesses. Performing Arts Mag provides engaging, relevant and insightful content on the industry from leading professionals in the business. And like I say, it's all completely free and there to help make our industry more accessible for everyone. To download any of our free monthly editions just head to the link in our show notes and don't forget to check out performing arts mags website to keep up to date with all the latest theater film and tv news a massive thank you for listening to our show don't forget if you love this episode please leave a review on spotify or itunes let's get on with today's episode Today I am delighted to be joined by Alexander Logan. He is a dancer and singer and I'm so privileged to have him on the show because I know him personally and he's so wonderful. So the fact that he's been able to manage to find time to come on the show, I'm so excited. Alex, how are you? Hello babes, how are you? (laughs) I'm good, how have you been? Good, 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 good. Just been crazy, crazy busy. I'm currently enjoying some um, some vacation time, some, some me time since after the madness of the past two years that we've all experienced. <laughs> That's amazing. And after all of the last few years, you're back. I would love for you to share with our listeners at home a little bit about who you are and what you get up to normally. Sure. My, so my name's Alex and I, well, Alexander is the full title, but Alex, some people call me Al. Uh, I'm a dancer, singer, actor, and I am from Liverpool. I'm 26. I know sometimes people don't mention their age, but I am 26. It's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I graduated from a college in Leeds a couple of years ago in 2017. Moved to London. Audition, audition, audition. Lots of agents, lots of different places. Got a lot of rejections, and then eventually, 2019, got a job on a cruise ship working for um, a really big cruise company. Um, has an amazing contract with them, and then just as I was having a great time, obviously there was a global pandemic, which was an experience. And then fast forward two years of being at home, got a phone call in June last year, so June 2021. Um, hey, would you like to come back? I was like, of course, absolutely. I'm poor. Help me, I'm poor. Um, and went back and had the most amazing, close to seven and a half, maybe just over, maybe eight months, nearly eight months on board the ship. Um, that was, and then I'd just come home about two weeks ago from there. So that's been a crazy two years flying through. So yeah, I've just come off the ship. Um, and I was docking out of Tampa in Florida. So Tampa in Florida was home port. And then I was just back and forth there, seven day cruises, all around Caribbean, all around Mexico. Went to some of the most amazing places, had some crazy experiences, like really crazy experiences. Um, and then, yeah, I've just, I've just come home about two weeks ago. So it's been mental, absolutely mental. Amazing. And obviously, during that time, so much stuff kind of happened. Yeah. But you're going back soon, I believe. You've got another contract. I'm going back. Exactly. Yeah. So I am going back. They usually like to have, like, have two to three months in between contracts just for like mental health, 
physical rest, everything like that. But I chose this contract that is coming back in within. So I only had a five week break in between. So I'm going back in three weeks from now. Um, back to the studios this time. So I'll be going to the studios, which I'll speak about more in a bit. Um, on land, so land based rehearsals for five weeks, and then I'll be flying out in May. And I'll be coming home just before Christmas time, then so just in November. So the reason I took a contract so quickly afterwards was because um, that means I'll be home for Christmas then. So they were kind of happy with me as long as I had a good contract and I was in a good place and I didn't feel like it was too rushed. They were like, are you sure you want to go back? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then I get to be home for Christmas as well, which is absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah. Amazing. And obviously, like like you say, they give you like two or three months to kind of have like a come down period where you kind of can rest sure. and recover. Because I don't think people realise how physically, mentally and emotionally demanding being on a cruise ship is. No, absolutely not. So obviously, if you follow me on social media or anywhere like that, or you speak to me on the phone, obviously I'm having a great time. The pictures look amazing. The places are gorgeous. You know, you get treated really well. You get to perform the same the same kind of roster that you would on a, on the West End. However, you're away from home for seven and a half months out of the year. The Wi-Fi isn't that great no matter how good the ship is. Um, you're in a pretty small space with a lot of people over an extended period of time. Um, relationships are completely warped because, you know, you've got to keep long distance if it's someone on land, if it's someone that you're on the ship with, it's such close quarters. Um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a real it's a real challenge, and you've got to really adapt that life of being on the ship. And um, like I said, the perks the perks out the benefits outweigh the kind of cons. But it's yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge. You know, I found myself at the end of the contract like, okay, there's two weeks left, getting a little bit of cabin fever. You know, kind of wanting to just get off the ship. You know, just not wanting to be on the ship. Kind of everyone starts to get on your nerves a little bit. You just want to give your mum a hug, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and you, you have those days, like I'd say periodically throughout the contract, you just need to give yourself a day and then you're fine. But then once you get off the ship and you go and see somewhere fabulous, you're like, oh, it's fine. Like it, it kind of brings you back down to earth a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely, definitely much more of a challenge than it, than it would look to the eye because people see these costumes and they see the shows, they see the videos, you say you're on a beach having a pina colada. That's kind of what you share. But what you don't what you don't share is that sometimes you're in your cabin. You know, sometimes you haven't had the best food that day. Maybe your show didn't go so great, and you're just kind of stuck in this very small space. Even if you've got a nice room, you know, it's it's quite confined. Um, and then of course, it's I was doing. I think I was doing eleven shows a week, maybe eleven shows a week. So. Some days after some shows, I couldn't even touch my toes. Like you, you know, you so your body is so sore. Like it's 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 crazy. You forget that you're doing two shows a night. I was doing four different shows plus a welcome aboard show, and there was a couple of the mini things that we had to do on top of that, um, which obviously can be so tiring. Like you know, you feel like at the end of the contract, you just dead, absolutely dead. So what does a day-to-day life kind of look like when you're on a ship as a performer? What is kind of like your routine and what 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 is it like being like living on a cruise? On a cruise. 
I mean, so first of all, you get you get treated really well. Like I think as performers, genuinely, you kind of are the face of the company a little bit because you're kind of thrown out in front of all the guests. First night, you know, they see you, you're like the opening show kind of thing. Um, everyone wants to talk to you. Everyone wants to get a picture with you. Everyone wants to know everything about you. They want to know all the cast gossip. So that's quite a lot from day one. As soon as they see on your name badge that you're a performer or whatever, Everyone wants a little piece here. It's, it's, it's actually really funny. Like you do feel kind of like a celebrity a little bit when you go on board, which is cool. Um, I was lucky because I had a seven day, I had seven day cruises mainly. So that kind of makes you feel like you've got quite a normal week, like through Sunday to Sunday, whereas some ships obviously do three and four day, they'll do two day cruises, whatever. So mine was quite normal. So normally, luckily we don't have too many duties on, on this, with this particular company, which is nice, like too many extracurricular duties. Um, I'd say like a Monday, so Sunday was um, embarkation day, so everyone in the morning, all the guests would get off. We would then be allowed to get off at home port to go to like the US, and we'd be able to um, go to get like some snacks, like get all like our, our supplies and stuff, and then we go back on board the ship, and we do this thing called um, mustering. So it's like basically because obviously we're kind of the most confident speakers. The kind of you know like the loudest more confident whatever we would be put on to the lifeboat stations and we'd be able to basically show people where the lifeboats are take them off the list make sure that everyone like know that they've been there show them how to use a life jacket and then send them on the way now that this is quite a new system so like, this has all changed since the pandemic so it's actually really easy it's not like a hard job it's just basically show the guests where you're going put your life jacket on go away so that's like kind of like the muggle thing that you have to do during the day that's like the one serious job that you have to do during the day. And then after that, we do um, a sail away party, which is like the ship's about to leave, all the guests are on board. We kind of do like a lot of the staff are on board. So there's people from all different departments, housekeepers, um, like all the officers, engine, everything like that. And everyone is kind of doing like a cha-cha slide. Like it's just a big party on board just to kind of get everyone's faces seen, da 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 and then we run backstage after that about five o'clock to do sound check. We'll do sound check just while the, the theater is free because the theater is used for other things, game shows, you know, kind of events, acoustic night, things like that. That's the only time slot that we can have and sound check. And then we've got a five hour break in between. And then our welcome aboard show is about 10 o'clock at night. And then we'll do our welcome aboard show, which is about 25 minutes. Um, and that's just kind of like a pop medley, like mashup, just kind of like, this is who we are. This is what we're going to be doing for the rest of the week. Kind of see how it goes. So that's like a Sunday. So Sunday, like the embarkation day is a really, really busy day. Like it's a really busy day. It's really full on. Um, and then the rest of the week then, other than, other than the shows, we pretty much just have free time to get off, do whatever we want during the week. I'd say sound check is usually about six. First show is about 7.30, second show is 9.30, and then we're done. So that's four nights in that week out of all of them. So we had a pretty good, that we had a lot of free time on this contract, which was which is really good. So what would you say if someone was looking to do a cruise, what would you say are the biggest yeses and reasons to do it? Um, number one, travel, 100%. Travel. I'd never been to America before this contract, so it was amazing. I got to rehearse. This is pre-pandemic. I got to rehearse in Miami, um, 
which was amazing. I mean, like, when can you ever say you get to fly to get paid to go and fly to Miami and live there for five weeks? Um, and then you get on the ship and you get to go to these places that you never places that I don't think some airports even go to. Like you can even, can't even fly to these places. Um, the travel is definitely a huge one. Um, it's a great way to save money. It's a you get on most most cruise ships, even some of the ones that I wouldn't rate, some of the companies I wouldn't rate as much. The money is 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 usually good, and the lifestyle on board allows you to save quite a lot of money due to. Um, Obviously, your food paid for, travel's all paid for, you're not paying rent or accommodation while you're there. Everything's pretty cheap on board. Most of the countries that you go to, everything's pretty cheap. If you're quite you know, savvy with your money, you can save no matter kind of what wage you're on. Um, and I just say experience. I mean, you'll never, on the West End, obviously, I know you, you'll do kind of like, you know, seven, eight shows a week, I'm guessing. That's usually how much you do is in most shows. We're doing pretty much the same amount on board for my company specifically and dancing and singing and the singing the singing and dancing so I'm doing both at all times that amount during the week so I don't think there's many other places that you get pushed that far so if you really want to push yourself the caliber of the shows specifically with my company is huge I know that other companies is just as huge um I can't imagine you get pushed like that anywhere on land I really don't plus like what I was saying before, the, the whole mental strain of living on a ship on top of that, you know, you really are getting pushed. Um, yeah, so I'd say the travel, saving a bit of money, and I'd say just, like, if you want to perform, it's a free pass to perform, and you basically get to live that experience at the same time. It's, it's, it's amazing. And as we were saying before we started this chat, like, so many people have an illusion of what life is really like and then there's the reality um so obviously we never aim to sugarcoat anything we obviously know how wonderful it is so now what would you say are some of the things that you need to really think about and consider before you go to an audition or before you get a job on a cruise a cruise i would say first of all i would say being away from home is a lot different than being on a ship. So like, you know, when you've been to theatre school and you're on like, oh, I can, oh, I've done three months away from home and then I've come home part 10. Not the same. Like, I was someone who never went home in college. Like, I only went home on the big holidays because I really like to miss home and then, you know, really experience it when I went back. I would say, live away from home, like specifically, like I lived in London, so I had that amazing experience of living away for a long period of time. Go and live in another city. If you haven't, and maybe don't go home for like a good couple of months and trial that because most contracts are six months or more. My contract was actually quite short compared to the likes of some of the other companies. They do sometimes 10 months on board. That's a real slog. Like, I don't think personally I could do that. And maybe I'd track myself, but especially with after the pandemic and stuff, 10 months is a long, long time. And that's really going to push you. We were lucky to have shore leave as well and um, to be able to get off some of the ports. A lot of other companies weren't allowing that. So to be able to be on a, essentially what is a metal tin can, even though it looks amazing, a metal tin can floating on water for 10 months, that's not good for anyone. Do you know what I mean? So I think you really need to make sure that you're not going to be at home bed and you're not going to miss home. Um, that's just the biggest thing. Like You'll just want to, you want your own bed, you'll want your mom. You want your own shower, you want to cook your own food, 
and you want to go on a night out and see your friends like that's what you'll want to do like even after a couple of weeks you'll want to do it like you'll start missing it that's a huge thing um ways around that are like i'd say find like your comforts on board like if you do take the contract like make sure you find get yourself a nice big quilt lovely pillows for your room decorate your room make it feel like home get yourself a load of snacks from home bring all that on board you know good supplier snacks on board because you need some home comforts um, and just figure out who your team is on board. Like, you know, like you, you, a lot of my friends weren't even just my cast. They were like, you were from housekeeping, you were from engine department, from shore excursion. Find your little team on board because once you've got that like, kind of click on board and those people that you can lean on, that's, then the home thing kind of does go away, which is good. Um, what else is that? A relationships is another one. If you're in a relationship, you better be strong as hell if you're not going to see each other for that for those whole six seven months if you are if you if you are lucky enough to see each other obviously book on the cruise you can get a cheap deal for your partner or your friends or your family to come on that's easier that's easy to do um but if you don't think you're able to see each other then i would definitely have a really strong discussion about it because it's like the long distance is so hard i've watched so many people's relationships fall apart I've watched some people be fine. To be fair, I've watched some people be like, yeah, whatever, you're at work, I'm at work, see you when I'm home, we're saving for a wedding, we're saving for a house, I'm getting that money, do you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Um, but loads of people think they can do it. And then another thing is you get kind of lonely on board, and if there's someone nice looking on board, I'm sorry, it's someone... <laughs> I'm sure you're going to go for it, do you know what I mean? Because that's what it's like, isn't it? You know, you don't want to be on your own so you for seven months in that kind of way. Um yeah, relationships is really, really hard on board. But I found that, you know, some people going on there single, if you are a single Pringle, you're probably going to come up with someone <laughs> married to someone after seven or eight months anyway. So you should be fine. So yeah, so missing home, relationships, and what else would I say? Um, I would definitely just 100%, 100%, 100% get yourself in the gym before you go on a contract. If you're doing classes and stuff, great. But I just think stamina-wise these shows are, are just they're so tough and you're also on a moving ship like you have to remember the ship is always moving you're never doing a show when you're docked the ship is rocking from left to right even on a calm night you've got to find a completely different way to use your core balance is completely off you know you're wearing different shoes huge heavy costumes lifting people you're singing at the same time i would just say like i love going to the gym now like I, i'm really like a gym person like, i love it before I went on the contract, I thought I was. No, I wasn't. Absolutely not. Like, you've really got to find that stamina before you go on board. Like, doing a couple of classes a week isn't going to prepare you for the shows that you're doing on board. Absolutely not. And I can say that. I can safely say that for pretty much 90% of the other cruise companies that all my friends have worked on. It's just stamina is, like, a huge, huge, huge thing. That's great advice. And obviously, like you said earlier, there's like a rehearsal process that happens before where you're flown out to certain places to do your rehearsals. So what actually happens, like what's the process of you getting that audition to securing the job to going to be on the job? Like what is that whole process? So I, I auditioned in summer of 2019 got to the final round, which is obviously amazing. After so many rejections, I got got to a lovely final round. Um, And they were like, oh, we're not looking for anyone right now. It'll probably be February 2020 before we give you a call. Don't need anyone at the minute. 
And then a couple of weeks later, I got a phone, no, not a couple of weeks, a couple of months later, I got a phone call saying, um, we need someone to come now, like instead of coming in like Feb. So I was like, amazing course. So I go, so I had two weeks to literally get, pick up sticks, leave me fly in London, um, get a visa, which is another huge ordeal. Getting a visa was a massive, massive, massive ordeal. Um, obviously, turn my whole life around. Anyway, eventually got there. Flew to Fort Lauderdale, which was where our rehearsal studios were. Got there. Um, just basically, I, just, I was a couple of days late, actually, from that one because it took me so long to get a visa. Um, jumped straight in, attending these four shows, back to back. So it's a weaker show. Oh, so we learn one show a week, which is six days, obviously, with you have, you have one day off as well. Um, so I was there for five weeks. And then I flew out just after Christmas, just like the beginning of January, straight on board the ship. Basically, repeat, repeat that whole process again, that whole rehearsal process again on the ship. Like you basically copy and paste it to the stage. Um, and then we don't, we only did two and a half months afterwards before the pandemic came. So we were literally only just starting to get those shows kind of up and running at that point, like feel uncomfortable. Um, the rehearsal process for me was very stressful because again, I was a couple of days late. I felt like I was catching up all the time. I'm not very good at picking things up. So I'm good style. I'd say I'm probably stronger stylistically. Like once I've got it, like, you know, I, 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 I'm good at putting my own style on things, but picking things up was really hard for me. Um, that dance wise, vocal rehearsals aren't too strenuous for the dancers because you're kind of learning just kind of a baseline harmony and you are doing, there's not much solo singing. Sometimes, occasionally, you'll be asked to sing like a couple of solo bits and bobs, but mainly it's just harmony work and stuff, which I find I'm, I'm quite strong at. So that didn't stress me out too much. But dance-wise, it's I honestly think learning the dancers in the studios rehearsing was harder than doing the shows. I will say that because they expect they expect a high level from you quite quickly. Do you know what I mean? Um. When you actually do the show, when you actually start doing the shows, you know, you, you know what you're doing, then don't you? Like, that's the easy part. Like, when you know what you're doing, like, you find, and plus, you once, once you're on, once you're on the ship, you've got eight months to get it right. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've got, you've got all that time to get it right. Like, you can go wrong every night, no one gets. So, yeah, that was, that was, the rehearsal process was really tough. Going back after the pandemic, we went straight to the ship. So, we didn't rehearse on the studios because they were closed due to COVID. So, we went straight on the ship. And um, that was much easier. I think I had the, I think because I had the, the bonus of knowing the shows already because I went back to the same show. I kind of could just chill. Um, yeah, I think with the mirrors and stuff in the studios, you can kind of get in your head quite a lot. You know, you're kind of watching yourself over and over again. It's something completely new to you. Bear in mind, like I said, I've never been to America before. I just got there. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know what a ship was going to be like. Like all the little stuff was what was really eating away at me. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of little things. Being a, being so far from home, it wasn't like how when I was in London where I could just get a little train home. First feeling a bit sad, missing my mom. I was so far from home. Those things kind of eat away. But going back the second time, just knowing what living on a ship was like. I knew what the food was like. I knew what the people was going to be like. I knew what the rules were. I knew kind of what was expected of me. And again, I knew the shows. So it wasn't too stressful. And then I found the second time I kind of 
didn't didn't stress at all. There was no stress that entire contract, which is really good. So I'd say to everyone, first contract is always going to be crazy, unless you're just some superhuman robot. It's going to be crazy for you. Um, but then after a couple of months, you just it becomes your home. So you just totally relax. You completely relax, which is good. You have done amazing to come out of college and then go into this contract um you worked so hard and you always have done and you always will um but in that time you graduated in 2017 and you were offered your contract with them in 2019 so for those two years what was that period like because like I say people have a real illusion that once you come out of college you get an agent you get your job and that's not quite how it works so what was that two year kind of period like for you I always say this to everyone who has graduated or is still in college, whatever I say, the favorite people in your year, I'd say 10% of them are going to get a job. The grafters in your year or like the dark horses, whatever I'd say, they're going to, I'd say a good 50% of them are going to get a job. Another half a year is probably not going to do it. Do you know what I mean? We all know those people, like people who didn't want to do it, people who tried, gave up, whatever. There's always going to be those people. But then there was a couple of people like my, like myself who just kind of like graduated, didn't get that first job, but then kind of that kind of made them hungrier for it. Do you know what I mean? Um, I graduated, moved straight to London. I was so stubborn about it. I had an agent at the time. I was getting sent for everything. And I mean, like literally things that I knew weren't even slightly right for me. Like literally, I was just going to every audition, every single audition. I was so poor. I'd spent all my savings in the in the first like two months, like literally every you know how expensive London is. Everything had gone. Got a job, still had my agent, was still auditioning. Then I got a second job after a couple of months living there. So I was trying to make two jobs, trying to keep up with the lifestyle. I thought I was going to go to London and do classes, going to go and see shows. I was going to be networking. I was going to be out every weekend. Unless your mom and dad are absolutely loaded, that is not what you will be doing. Like, you'll work any job that you can get. You'll be working several jobs. You're probably going to get, like, at the beginning, I'd say when I first graduated, I got a lot of auditions, and then it fizzles out. Once you're not a new graduate anymore, it fizzles out so quickly. Like, you're so easily replaced by everyone. Then you start having to put the work in yourself, figuring out how you're going to keep up your fitness, figuring out how you're going to keep up going to class, because you can't afford to go to class. You never got time to go to class because you're always working. Um, yeah, so then I so then after after I moved to London, I ended up having three different apartments, I think, in the space of the two years, just because of what I could afford, subletting from people, like rent leases running out, things like that. Left my first agent after the first seven or eight months, loved the person, just didn't work out for me, just kind of was getting sent for the wrong things over and over again. I mean, I was getting sent for hairspray every other week. I've literally got no hair. Do you know what I mean? I'm literally bald. There's literally no need for me to get sent for hairspray. And I know there's such thing as wigs, but like, it was just, just banging my head against a brick wall. It was kind of like over and over and over. So I went alone for a little while. Um, did it on my own, just kind of going to like open calls, kind of going to like, you know, just sending my own stuff off to other people. Then I got a job at a call center, which is for performers. Whilst I was also working front of house, whilst I was also working on reception at a gym, um, also teaching dance occasionally on some of the weekends. This is all at the same time. 
And the call centre that I was working for, they had their own agency, which was absolutely amazing. The place was actually called RSVP for any performers that are out there at the minute. 100% applied to them if you work, if you live in London. They no longer have an office anymore. They're all working from home. It's all like call centre based. Really easy job. Everyone's super friendly, but it's it's every performer I know has worked there at least once during the time of London. It's amazing. Anyway, they have their own internal agency. They really helped me. Like they just kind of were like, "We'll take you on while you haven't got an agent." They sent me for all kinds. Got a few little bits through them. Um, sent me for loads of things I've never done before, like film and TV. And then as I was looking for an agent, I applied to a couple of agents that had offered me when I was in college, but obviously I didn't take them. Loads of people kept coming back to me like, oh, you know, you haven't had a job. Like, oh, you know, you're still in London. Like, you know, kind of thing. Like, oh, you know, how come you haven't worked? It's been like a year and a bit. I did a bit of I was like, right, whatever, you know. Keep trying, keep trying. I'm so stubborn. I was just like, don't care. But at this point, I was still I was still going to auditions and getting to like dead for final rounds. So I knew I wasn't like completely awful that I just should give up. Um, and then eventually I went to this really big agent who, I, who I'd spoken to quite a lot of times. She was really lovely. I was like, listen, can't get, um, can't get you on my book. So I've got someone really similar to you. Um, it would be silly. I only sent kind of the one person of each kind of casting type to auditions. He's like, but I've just had these clients who have started their own agency. Why do you stop join, go and join them? So anyway, I called them. Absolutely loved them. Got with them. They sent me for a couple of auditions. And then the, the last audition they sent me for was for the cruise. And I literally got that, like, after being with them for, like, two months. But I found, like, at that time, everything had kind of clicked. Like, I kind of realized where I was going wrong. I kind of started saving money. I wasn't having to work as much so I could go to more auditions. My body was kind of in a better shape because I wasn't, like, running around London just kind of not eating properly and whatever but again that took me two years to find that normal do you know what I mean like that it really did it wasn't just like I was messing around for two years and I was just kind of taking the the mickey out of it I was it really did take me two years to kind of find what I was supposed to be doing I think if I, I actually genuinely believe that if I'd have stayed in London not taking the ship like I still think I probably would have got something else because I was really in that right space at that time. Do you know what I mean? I had a really good agent and so it was really good. But yeah, so two years I was there starting for, I mean, I, I probably, honestly, probably went to like nearly a hundred auditions, like genuinely nearly a hundred auditions. Like that's not even an exaggerated number. I, I do genuinely think I went that amount um, before I got that job. But the rewards was so much bigger after staying there. Um, like I said, so many people go to that first audition after being the best in college and then don't get it. And they're like, oh, well, then I'll just I'll just move home. Some people come to London and then they don't like it and they move home. Some people like me go to loads of auditions and hate the rejection, but just keep doing it. I love the rejection. Like every time I went to audition, I was like, this is a free class. This is a chance to be seen by someone who's going to get me the next audition. Um, even if I'm bad, like, who cares? I'm never going to see them again. I've done two years. What, what have I got to lose by being here? Do you know what I mean? I kind of love that rejection. Um, and that's what kept me there. And again, I'm, I'm really stubborn, so it's kind of my fault. But yeah, so two years took me to do all that. And then I finally got it, which was amazing. Obviously, there was a pandemic. Obviously, there was an, an entire global pandemic. Like, I know that sounds really, like, selfish. Like, why me? But, like, 
of course, when you get your first job after two years, or after five years, if you include college, of course, there was a global pandemic that nearly killed everyone. It's like, it's, it's actually crazy. Actually crazy. That's such a good way of looking at rejection as like opportunity to improve yeah. and grow. Did that kind of mental resilience come from doing it over the two years? Or was that something you learned straight away that you were like, right, I'm going to have to find a way to deal with this constant rejection? I don't, I don't know, really. I mean, when I went to theatre, I auditioned for theatre school when I was like 16, went to all the big colleges and got foundation. And obviously, like, I couldn't afford foundation at the time because there was no funding and stuff. It wasn't really for me. I didn't think I was actually probably ready at that point. Um, I can't, that was kind of like the first, not rejection, but it was kind of, I thought, oh, I'm just going to go to theatre school and I'm just going to get it because I'm a boy and, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be great, whatever. I hadn't even been dancing for like more than a year at that point, so I don't even know why I thought that. I think that kind of set it in me. And then I was like, well, I've got nothing else to do, so I, I need to go to theatre school. And then when I just did the game when I was 18, I obviously got better in that, that space of time. I think just that kind of like, well, I've got such a short time. So, you know, because I'm, I'm such a late bloomer, I've got such a short time to prove myself. I think that kind of stubbornness kind of set me up to, you know, to do it. And then in college as well, I'd say, I was never like the best, I would say, but I kind of knew I was still good. Do you know what I mean? Because I always got kind of, whenever you got like casting people in, in, into college and stuff, and I've always kind of got like a little comment, which I always knew that kind of was like, well, then I, I mustn't be that bad if they like me, do you know what I mean? And I think I knew, because I had, because I've got a skinhead as well, I knew I kind of was like set from the crowds a little bit, you know, was, I was the only kind of guy with no hair in my hair, which was obviously huge. Um, and then when I went to Agent Showcase, that kind of got me a bit of attention. So I thought, well, I'm definitely different from the crowd. I'm not just like every other theatre performer. And then just, I think just seeing everyone, like, I remember, I just remember this first audition when I, when I graduated. It's like a big cruise ship audition. And it was literally pirouettes and kicks and turns from the corner, like just to kind of, you know, just to cut the audition in half. And every single person from my year group across every college, like I'm talking to everyone that you know, everyone that you meet at Move It and like all the other colleges that go on social media, every single person was in that room. And I reckon I saw about four of them again after that day. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, a couple of them probably got that job. A couple of them probably got another job, but like I reckon like literally four or five of them ever came and was I in audition room. And then those same four or five people would then be in every single audition. Do you know, like for the, for the next two years, like we would be the ones that were like, still here, do you know what I mean? I was still at this one, da 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 da, da. Um, But then again, like, seeing those people, like, that keeps your motivation. Like, you know, oh, actually, well, there's other people still here, still doing this. Do you know, like, it must be fine. It must be okay. But then the only downside, I'd say, to kind of still slogging it out when you're, like, maybe 21, 22, after you've graduated at, like, 19, is seeing, like, the 17, 18, 19-year-olds at the audition the next year round, and you're, like oh my God, this kid's like, you know, this kid's in, in box splits at seven in the morning and I've got to warm up 10 times more than this kid because he's just come out of college, like that kind of thing. So that, that's another thing that kicks you up the bottom as well. Like, you know, you're against fresh graduates and you're like, I've got nothing to lose by being here. I've got to keep going. Like, I've got to keep going, got to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, you know, you were 
different in terms of your look in your year and what can often feel like a burden is often the thing that makes you great and like sets you apart so if anyone's got something like that where they feel like it makes them so different how did you use that to your advantage I'd say that another reason why probably why I didn't get a job the first year or so was because I was like trying to be I mean, college has a bad impression sometimes. Some colleges do have a bad impression sometimes of like this is how you need to dress, this is how you need to, this is what you need to say. And then you go in the room and you're like, oh, well, this is how I need to be. And you spent all this time like just not being yourself. I know you shouldn't go in, I shouldn't go in there with this girl's accent and like, you know, wearing a trackie and like, you know, just like being me at home. But I spend so much time like not being myself, which is like, your selling point isn't it like that's literally your selling point like you think you've got to be because you see all these people in these audition rooms and like they're from these huge colleges and they're all super and proper and you know you think oh, i've got to be that way because these are all the ones that you know these are all the ones that are the you're like actually at the end of the day these people are still in the same room as you you know they're still the ones that haven't got the job yet spend so much time being someone else and then the second that you realize it's you you've got to be that's when you start getting second round third round that's when you start getting to the end of these audition rounds, it's honestly, it's it's actually crazy. Like it's such a simple thing. Like it's not even easier said than done. Like if you just go in and speak in your normal voice and wear what you would normally wear, like it actually gets you so much more attention. Um, I again, like I having this skinhead and stuff, like it did get me a good amount of attention at agent showcase. Like I do think, you know, there was no one next to me that looked like me. And then in the audition room, that was the same case. In some rooms, you'd walk in and you think actually I look so different from everyone in this room. I don't think it's going to be a yes because I think you can, you can obviously tell what they're looking for in some circumstances. But then I knew for a fact that because I had such a specific look, what I was going to be right for was what I was going to be right for. Do you know what I mean? Like I went to the, I went to like um, P&O cruise audition. Amazing audition so far. Everyone in there was so gorgeous. Loads of my friends worked at that company, but they're all like, Six foot boys, brown quick, slender body. The girls are all like tight back, a tight back hair, red lip, skinny showgirl look. Like they all, they all look the same. They're all very gorgeous individual looking, but like they're all the same like type of person. I walked in, I was like, I'm never gonna get that job. Like I'm literally never gonna get that job. But then when I went to my cruise audition, every single person in my cast of eight is is extremely different. Like every single person. No one looks the same. There's no one, even your opposite. Like, so my, my roommate in my last contract just gone now, Ryan, <clears throat> amazing dancer. Like, he's 6'3". He's mixed race. Absolutely gorgeous. Massive afro. And then there's me, tiny little skinny pale boy with no hair. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we're opposites in the show. Like, that's, that's literally the kind of company that I was working for. So that, the job that I'm doing now is so right for me. But it just took that to find it. Do you know what I mean? It just took that time to to find that that was the right one. Absolutely. And I feel like experience is so undervalued. And when you come out and you're a graduate, you're trying to use everything to your advantage as a graduate of being like this new, fresh face in the industry. But it's okay to have the time to gain the experience of getting the rejections and learning about who you are and what your 
you are as a person and who you are as a person and who you are as a performer, that time is so essential. And even though you've got the fresher faces coming up, that doesn't mean that you're less than because you've had that time experiencing and learning and developing who you are. Have you found that your confidence as well has has grown and you're growing as a person and you're growing your business as a performer? Absolutely. I mean, honestly, genuinely, I'm not even saying this to sound confident in front of anyone, really. Like, nothing phases me anymore. Like, actually nothing phases me anymore because of, like, that rejection. I would literally walk into any audition room. I think I'd be a little bit nervous after being away from the pandemic and after being away from the cruise ships in that sense, but, like, as in preparation-wise, but I don't think as in, like, you know, being near people or, or near the performers, I wouldn't feel nervous at all now. I'd obviously feel the good nerves, but I wouldn't feel the nerves of that walking into the room and feeling like the baby kinds of nerves. Like, I, I, there's no way that I could feel that anymore because I, I spend so much time doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you just have to, when you go into every audition room, even if it's your first one, you just think, what have I got to lose? Like, you've only got something to gain from being in that room. Do you know what I mean? There's so much to gain. You spend so much time wearing like, oh my God, this person, oh my God, this person, like literally when I say like no one cares, like there's actually no one in that room that cares about you. Like everyone, everyone is literally sweating. No one remembers the song. No one knows what they're doing. And even the people who look the best and look the part, they're probably holding themselves to a higher standard. So like they're probably even 10 times more nervous than you. It's just, yeah, I just think after everything now, and especially after, especially after the pandemic as well, it's like, why would you even care? Like, if you can get an audition room after the pandemic, I mean, you've got, you've definitely got nothing to lose. Like, after two years, I was all being miserable, stuck at home. Like, no work for anyone. Our industry was literally ruined. Like, now is the time to literally be like, who cares? Like, at, at, at the end of the pandemic, like, obviously, I was looking forward to going back to work. I kind of heard rumors that I was going back. I would have literally gone on a on a barge from Wales to Iceland and like sang like nursery rhymes. Like that's literally how that's literally how much I was ready to get back to work. Because it's just we went through so much, didn't we? Like of just of nothingness. And just yeah. My advice doesn't even matter, especially after the pandemic. If you if you're if you're not grateful and going balls to the wall at this point, there's there's no point being in that room. Absolutely not. Absolutely. That's great advice. And what advice would you give to any aspiring performers that are listening to this episode that are wanting to go into this? What would your main piece of advice be to them? Well, my main piece of advice be, um, oh, there's so much really. I'm trying to think of what the best thing that I said today was. Um, <laughs> I would say... I would honestly, I would genuinely say, I mean, this is just from personally from me. No one cares. Like, actually, no one cares. Like, it's actually hysterical how much no one cares about you. Like, I'm talking about other performers. Like, no one cares what you're doing, what you're wearing, what you say, what song you pick, like, whatever. Like, literally, it's, I know it's so easy said and done, like, it really is, but I spent so much time looking at my shoulder, looking left and right, and being like, I, I, I expect, like even dancers that I know I could pick up like I wasn't picking up because I was like, true looking to see who was looking but it's like the first couple of months after that you kind of forget about it but like if you can just go in that room and literally be like 
I don't care about anyone else. Like, if you just act like, not cocky or confident, like, in your head, just act like these people mean nothing to me. Like, I almost feel, like, angry about it. Like, just, like, these people mean nothing to me. Obviously, be civil and lovely to everyone. I, I don't mean to be nasty to anyone, but just in your head, if you just act like you're the best person in the room, it, it's, it just makes it easier. If, if you just pretend in your head that you're the best person in the room, obviously, don't give off that demeanor or anything, but you've, that's the only way you can do it. That's literally the only way you can do it. And that's just for people who who are, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a self-conscious, but if, if you think that, you know, everyone's looking at yet, no one is looking at yet. Like, if you're that worried, everyone else is that worried. Do you know what I mean? And that'll just save you so much time. Like, it'll just save you so much time in an audition room. It'll just save you so much time. Like, and again, what I said before as well, just about being yourself, like, go in there and don't worry about, like, saying hello in the right way. Just say like, hello, morning, how is everyone? Like just, you think about all these little things and you wear all these stupid outfits that you'd never wear. Just go and wear what you, what you feel gorgeous in. Go and wear what makes you feel comfortable. By the end of, by the time I'd been on just like two years, I was literally wearing trackies and a car and trainers. And you go on your first day in leggings and ballet shoes and red lipstick on and your hair tied up in a bottom. And it's like, no one wants to that. Everyone wants, everyone wants to see what you look like. Every audition, everyone wants to, unless you're at a ballet audition, everyone wants to see what you look like. Just go in, be yourself, forget everyone else. That's all I can say. Great advice. And where can people come and find you and follow you and follow what work you're getting up to uh, in the real world? A <laughs> uh, little shameless plug. So my Instagram is alexanderlogan95. That's where you can find me. I'm also on Twitter under the same the same name as well. Um, but Instagram always posts some funny stuff when I'm on the cruise and all the crazy places that I'm going. And if anyone wants to give me a message or ask me what it's like or wants me to send you any, like, help with visas and stuff or, like, you know, your contract or want any help with money and tax and stuff, I've done all that kind of stuff, um, feel free to message me anytime. I'm literally I'm free for the next three weeks. I'm not very busy, so I'm off. So if you want to give me a message, that's absolutely fine. And even when I'm on the ship as well, absolutely. Oh, that's lovely of you. Thank you so much, Alex. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on the show and share your insight with us. Now I've been so excited. I've been so excited. Oh, we've loved having you on and we'll definitely hopefully have you on again in the future when you return from your next lot of contracts. But good luck with everything. Thank you so much. We're so excited for you. Have the best time. No pandemics this time. No pandemics, no world wars, please. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes, definitely. And we are sending you all our love and have the most amazing time. But thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thanks, babe. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who's been listening at home. I've been your host, Bethany Unwin, and this has been Performer Talks. Mm -hmm.